And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, as always, is my good friend, Charlie. Say hello to everybody. Hello. And today, we're actually doing our Fast 9 spoiler review, in case you haven't noticed at the bottom of the screen. But before we do that, there's something that I feel like that I need to address here, and that is the passing of Richard Donner. If you don't know who Richard Donner is, he directed movies like Lethal Weapon, all the Lethal Weapons movies. He also directed uh, Conspiracy Theory, Assassins, Maverick. He directed a couple of episodes from Tales from the Crypt, which is also part of my childhood as well. Assassins with um, Sylvester Stallone and, of course, Antonio Banderas. And then, of course, you have another one of my favorite movies that he directed was Radio Flyer. And also, too, The Goonies, which is also... Also, another one that he directed the music video for with Cindy Looper. He directed the short, and he also directed the long video sh uh, video short that he did. And then he also directed uh, The Toy in 1982 with Richard Pryor, which is another one of my favorites. But what really got me hooked on Richard Donner was Superman 1 and 2. These two movies was one of my favorite movies at the time as a kid growing up. And I know I didn't grow up in the 1970s whenever, Richard, um, whenever we had, of course, you know, Christopher Reeves being Superman or anything like that. But those movies are so iconic. The John Williams score, hands down, is one of my favorite scores, aside from what Hans Zimmer did with Man of Steel. But there's no denying that Richard Donner is probably one of the best directors out there or was out there working in the field today and with that being said i just want to honor in his and richard donner's memory and everything that richard donner filmography is just fantastic all the way around uh i really liked his movies what about you charlie i mean what stands out to you for richard donner mainly leave weapon movies i mean i just like we're just a huge fan of them even though mm -hmm. like like this, like just how iconic that series is. That's what's really kind of did the buddy cop stuff. Um, and um, I mean, it's just like I just enjoyed those movies, even though the third and the fourth one aren't well received because technically the the series should have was going to end after the second movie. But studio got a studio got their hands dirty and they continued the series. But I mean, those are in, I, they're, anytime they're on, I'm always watching them. They're just so they're so iconic. I mean. The second movie probably has one of the one of the best one-liners. Um, diplomatic immunity has just been revoked. Like I mean, it's just it's just that. I mean, it's just and the action. Just he he knows how to do some good action movies, and the Lethal Weapon series is the epitome of that. So I mean, those are the ones that I really stand out to me for Richard Donner. And I was like, when I saw him, like, oh, because his face, he looked like the captain in the Lethal Weapon movies, but. And then I was like, oh, it's somebody else that plays the captain, which would have been funny if he was directing it and playing the captain that has right. to deal with the shenanigans of Murtaugh and um, Riggs. But, I mean, I think this, for me, the Lethal Weapon movies. Okay. So, guys, as we mentioned, this is actually our Fast 9 spoiler review. I got a chance to see this today, as a matter of fact. So it's still good and fresh in my head. And here's the thing. Reviewing these Fast and the Furious movies has been one of the best things about doing this podcast and everything lately. And we've been reviewing quite a bit of them lately and going in chronological order according to the timeline. But with this movie, I have to say, is a really disappointment for me. Uh, the dialogue I didn't care for. Um, 
I know I'm not supposed to go in there with plot or anything like that. I know what this theme, the theme is and everything. Turning your brain off for two and a half hours, filling your face with popcorn for two and a half hours, and forgetting life outside of the world that you live in. I completely understand that. But they always, they always do this in every Fast and the Furious movie. Yes, we can forget logic, but they also give you a sense of realism, a little bit of realism to make it look like it's kind of realistic. With this one, it seemed very cartoony. It felt like it there was just something missing with it. But there are some aspects that I liked, and we're going to get into that real quick, though, too, with the aspects that I liked and also with the plot lines and stuff like that like we normally do. But, you know, this movie opens up in 1989 where Jack Toretto, which is also Dominic Toretto's father, and this also goes into the very first film where Dominic explains to Brian about his father, about him dying out on the racetrack and how much pain that it caused him and why he does what he does. As a matter of fact, he was actually a pit crew aside with Jacob and everything. As a matter of fact, we find out uh, that, as a matter of fact, Dominic has a brother that we didn't even know about, which is Jacob, played by John Cena. Dom argues with rival racers Kenny Linder about his dirty uh tactics as the race resumes lenders car clip clips jack's bumper and causes the car to hit a wall and explode in killing him after the crash lender has an altercation with dom who nearly beats him to death now that is also another easter egg of course going into the first fast and the furious movie which is something i do appreciate the fact that they actually give us context behind that whole entire scenario because all we know is dominic went crazy and you know, he beat a guy half to death, but we don't know the reason why he beat someone to death. We only got like a little snippet of that very first one of seeing a guy laying on the ground and he's all bloodied up and we don't know why Dominic would do this. And I was actually hoping in the first film, even though it felt like a point break ripoff of why he hit this guy. What was the main reason other than the fact that maybe Dominic has some anger issues that he needs to work out, but we don't understand that behind the context. But what did you think about the opening scene, Charlie? What did you think about them putting that into it? Because I actually I mean, appreciated it. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Like, kind of like it kind of adds more to the movie in a sense for me because it adds, it fills in a lot of blanks. Like, we knew about the situation on the racetrack. Because if you've seen the first one, you know, Dom talked about my my father and then seeing him die right up then. I mean, it's the intensity and just seeing them have to hold Dom back. Um, and then um, Jacob in the, in the um, the opening, he's not uh, he's and, and like later on, he's played by John Cena. But in the first set of it, um, I, be, I believe he's played right. by Finn Cole. So if anybody's seen that show Animal Kingdom on TNT, that's it. So that, so, so it's nice seeing him kind of like branch out a little bit and like and actually get some more roles. Because I because I, I mean, I think I think yeah, I thought he was great as, as young Jacob. Um, but I thought it was really cool seeing the opening, how the whole universal was set in the black and white sequence, um, seeing it on the racetrack, seeing it in that, and then seeing him, like, the reason why Dom took over and almost beat the guy half the desk with a soccer wrench so his, bro- so his brother doesn't have to take the blunt end of it because he was trying to – he was trying to – again, it's all about family. <laughs> so he's trying to protect his family. But um, I had a feeling you wouldn't like this one anyway – because your reaction to the trailer wasn't great. So I just knew going in, you weren't going to like this one anyway. And I was going to like it. So I just had, I knew you were going to hate well, this. Um, but here's the thing though. All right. Yeah. My, my, my trailer reaction wasn't the greatest. You could actually look at that on our movie lovers unite YouTube channel as well. But you know, 
I went into it without thinking about the trailer. Yeah. I went into this being excited about this. Because I love the Fast and the Furious franchise. I have the Blu-ray collection, all except maybe Fate and the Furious and Tokyo Drift. Those are like the only two films I don't have in my collection. But I love this franchise for what it is. It's a good time at the theaters and everything. I went into it with an open mind. Because I got pumped up. I'm not going to lie. Remember when I told you when we started reviewing the very first one? Where I said that I was excited because we actually get because we have F9 coming out. It makes me that much excited to go out and see and support it. But I was not expecting what I got, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I'll go into that yeah. in a few minutes. On my I mean, I knew it was going to be mindless. I've seen the rest of them. They're like, um, like, I mean, the fact that like we're still 20 years since the first one came out. And like I said, I didn't care for the first one. Second one, I mean, it's, it's not great. The second one's not great, but it's got aspects I liked. I didn't even see Tokyo Drift. I think it was the fourth one that got it. And then that's when the movie started taking itself not too seriously. This one didn't take itself too seriously at all. And, and clearly because it didn't because it was all mindless. But for me, I didn't care. I was I was looking forward to it since I've been always been looking forward to this for over a year. Because seeing Han back was really cool. Seeing Justin Lin back in the franchise. Seeing the some of the action sequences were cool. And seeing... I mean, John Cena versus Vin Diesel. I thought that was like, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. I knew you're, I, like I said, I mean, this, gonna, is me. this is me. We're on two opposite. Right. I liked it. You didn't care for it. Right. That's fine. Exactly, man. Exactly. And, you know, we're going to get into the John Cena fight in a few minutes, though, too, because I have some things I want to say about that compared to oh, the. I bet fight. you do. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, but no, and, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, for this is what it was. I enjoyed this for what it was. The, of course, it's ridiculous, but me, I didn't care. I mean, I, I sure I had a hard time keeping up with the plot, but I was not. That was not. I wasn't supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to be seeing the stunts. Like, I mean, I think this is one of the like, like I said. I mean, because now Mission Impossible is thinking about going to space. This is the first movie that actually kind of went to space, and I thought for what it did, I thought it was cool. But that's me. If you, if you disagree, come at me. It's fine. I, I can defend this one like I've been. De- I can defend the Love Guru. I don't care. But I think for me, I just enjoyed this for what it was. I and mean, it's the and then we got to appreciate the fact this is the first big block summer blockbuster that's come out and gotten people into the theaters back. It brought theaters back, and that means theaters aren't going away anytime soon because this movie's made is already in two weeks in domestically is over hundred almost like one hundred twenty six million dollars domestically. Like that's that's nothing to joke about in the pandemic because it's opening weekend. It was always predicted to be like, oh, this amount it made seventy million. It was the second highest, the second highest like box office thing since Rise of Skywalker in theaters at seventy two million. I mean, and this movie made another thirty ish minute movie, and then so we're already up to five hundred million dollars. Like like overall, the third highest grossing movie of all time. I think like or not all time uh, of of twenty twenty one. I think the leader right now is Godzilla versus Kong. And this movie is t- like much better than that garbage. You're, you're muted. Okay. So here's the thing. I definitely agree with you on what you said about the fact that this movie made tons of money and stuff like that at the box office. Movie theaters are here to stay. I'm glad that people are going out and supporting this film and everything, too. 
and I'm I'm rooting for it. I really am because I'm here's the thing. If people don't go don't go out and support this movie and don't make money, that means it doesn't put money into the box office. Also means too that movie theaters are going to wind up closing down because of that. So that's one thing that I'm really happy about is that people are going out and supporting this movie regardless of the fact if you liked it or not. So I'm actually happy about that. Um, but yeah, there's also another thing too that I want to mention is this in another flashback scene, we have the battle between Jacob and Van Diesel racing, um, racing their cars. He winds up finding out that Jacob was the one who was behind his, the reason why his father's car blew up. And matter of fact, he was the one who caused the, um, cause it to blow up. So would Dominic and him go on ahead and have a race? The catch is it's not for pink slips or anything like that. The winner has to leave town. So basically what winds up happening is, you know, Dominic is going to be the one who winds up winning. And then that's also where he becomes the king of street racing. Meanwhile, you have Jacob, who's actually in his brother's shadows through the whole entire movie and also in the past as well. He winds up leaving town. Also, too, we actually see a little bit of Brian and his brother a little bit, where basically he winds up pushing the NOS button early before mm. Dominic does, and Dominic winds up pressing the NOS button right after he does, which makes Dominic win. And then next thing you know, you wind up seeing Jacob speeding out of town, out of the city mm. limits and everything. So I definitely appreciated that aspect. I definitely liked seeing him, seeing a younger Vin Diesel in jail and stuff like that, a younger Dominic in jail and stuff like that, and him look, looking around and finding people that he can bond with. And that's where he actually bonds with two people who are part of his family. And that's how we meet the two brothers. Yeah. And, this and they're the too. ones that told him about the, the spark plugs. And right. The they're the ones that brought him that. But later on, we'll find out it's, Jacob didn't do it on purpose. Didn't kill the dad on purpose. It was because the dad, they were fi they fixed it. They're trying to like, because uh, the Dom's dad had a lot of debt. So they were trying to fix this. He was trying to like, you know, lose on purpose. And that's when Jacob like did something to his car, not on purpose. So he didn't technically, it was all accidental because he didn't realize what was going to happen with the car. And he didn't realize probably somebody's going to hit the car in a certain way. So, I mean, you kind of, in a sense, you kind of feel for both sides. You kind of feel for Jacob because you feel like Dom's, but he, Dom keeps talking about family and he's like, he left Jacob out. But then, then when you come to realize that Jacob didn't do it on purpose, then you kind of feel for his side. Um, I mean, I liked how they kind of played both sides because you feel for both characters. Um, at least I did. Um, but. Here's the thing, though. I definitely like the first 10, 15 minutes of setup for that. I do have to say, I do like those scenes. And then we get into the main plot line two years later. And everything where we wind up seeing uh, Dominic. He's retired. He's talking to Brian, his son. Talking about the, um, about the Crescent Ranch and everything else, too. Which I really love the bonding between him and his son. And everything. I thought that was really good. Lady comes out checking on them right whenever uh, this strange car comes out speeding through there. And Dominic thought it might be somebody, some that he might be in danger. So he tells his son, Hey, look, do what we practiced before. So mm -hmm. Brian goes on ahead, goes into the trap door right where 
the uh, shop is and goes down there in that little wooden area in his little wooden box. And then we wind up seeing, of course, Tej and also, too, we see um, Tyrese's character come on uh, saying, hey, look, man, it's us. Don't shoot. And Dominic as well also. As, uh, as well as the uh, uh, the other character. Um, the Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. The hacker, yeah. yeah. And um, Dominic has his shotgun. And then you have Lady who comes out with her gun. And then, you know, they're enjoying a peaceful life, being retired, yeah. away from all this other stuff. And then they wind up saying that Mr. Nobody, something happened to Mr. Nobody. We don't know what exactly happened to him. We need to find out what happened to him. His plane yeah. got crashed down somewhere. They wind up tracking him down into this uh, jungle area. I forgot the country that they that his airplane crashed in and everything. So I forgot about where that was. Um, uh, and also the, 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 the transport that fell down or like got crashed. Included a prisoner, and that prisoner is Cypher. So, right. Um, oh, so, um, Montecito was the name of the place in Central America. I do want to let everybody know this is not two years after the flashback. This is two years after the events of Fast Day. So, in case anybody gets confused, yeah, we're not talking about the past anymore. The flashbacks happened in the eighties. It's not nineteen eighty-two. This is full on, like two uh, years after. I think I believe two years after the events of Fate of the Furious. Just to mm -hmm. clarify, everybody. Right. And, um, you know, Dom to help them to find Mr. Nobody. Um, and then, of course, you know, Dom is like, look, man, we're out of that life. I don't want nothing, no part of it. He's like Rambo, who's trying to fix up a house on Rambo 3. Also, too, in Ram um, when he's just trying to live on the farm, live a peaceful life. And then here comes Luda. Here comes Tyrese telling him, hey, look, man, we need to go on it. We need your help finding Mr. Nobody. And he's like, look, man, we're retired. We're, I have no interest in this. And then even Liddy's like, look, we got to go on ahead and do this. But Liddy goes on ahead, goes out on her own. Meanwhile, uh, Dominic winds up staying at the farm with his son and everything. And then he winds up watching the Mr. Nobody um, video sequence and everything from the security cameras. And he winds up pausing it right in the nick of time where you see a little cross Mm -hmm. That resembles something in his family. Because family, you can stick with family. I was trying to go somewhere with it, and it didn't land. But anyways. Um, no, it didn't. <laughs> I know. You for effort. Uh, but <laughs> but anyways. Um, but, you know, he winds up seeing the necklace that he knew from back when he was younger, two years earlier, which is 1989, of course. And then... That's when we realized that it's Dominic's brother, Jacob, and he's actually the reason behind Mr. Nobody. Then we see Dominic speeding down with his Dodge Charger that he always loves and going down to where the airplane is and everything. And that's when they meet up with Letty. And I feel like this, I feel like that there was something more to that scene when they, when he goes there, because it, all of a sudden just cuts to them flying in the airplane after that. I don't know. I think I think it was like I mean it's kind of like the the scene like I mean it's the iconic scene that remember on Fast Five when like when uh, right before uh, Vince and Brian and Mia are about to go out on the train mm -hmm. and and then you see that the, you see that the the car show up and you see Vince smirk. I think that's what they're trying. That's what it was doing. That was the whole point of it. Like there is no he's showing up. That means Dom's. That means Dom, Dom's here. So. They mean business, so I think they're full. Yeah, I think that was the whole point of that because again, Justin Lin, 
He did that in Fast Five. The iconic him with the Chargers showing up. You didn't see his face. You just know you just knew it was him because you see Vince's reaction and smiling. So I think that's what that's just that. Because again, Justin Lin hasn't been in this like doesn't he he took two movies off, but after Fast Six, he hasn't like that. So it's just I think it's just him getting back to his roots a little bit. I don't think there's anything else from it. It's just we're, we're going on to the next point because I think what is if they were talking, there probably been a seven minute conversation. This would have been actually a full two and a half hours. So I think it, it made sense for what it what what it was doing. Dom's coming. He he's reunited. He's going to go. Dom's it's just Dom's here. So let's move on because because it, it would have been more more filler, more things to complain about. I'm like, oh, the plot, that 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 whatever. No, I think they're just going right. That was the whole point of it. Just moving right on. Um, then of course, this is where we get into the craziness of everything now. Now we're getting into this is the opening. (laughs) Yep, this is where it starts going downhill for me. So then we wind up seeing the uh airplane crash and everything. We see that, which I'm okay with because then we actually have some context where Mr. Nobody is, and then we find out that there's a, a safe lock. Where um, where something is being held at, and it's actually a little gadget that is going to be used in the movie and everything. As a matter of fact, this is actually probably the this actually called Ares, which is the god of war, and this is also the end of civilization if somebody if this thing is actually in the wrong hands. And we wind up seeing uh, the hacker girl uh, Ramsey Ramsey hack the system and everything. She can do it in like five seconds. And then you wind up seeing Ares, the little ball, but it's only cut in one half. And if the two of them are put together, pretty much uh, a terrorist can have access to all government missiles, everything all around the world, causing havoc around the world. So you have that going on. But then they also trying to find out where this other half is and things like that. Then we see this long entire scene of them having this shootout. Matter of fact, there's actually one part in there where basically they're in a landmine field. The scene goes all the way to where there's a landmine field. There's landmines going all over the place and everything. And then of course, you know, something bad is always going to happen to Tyrese's character and everything for comedic purposes and then of course it winds up exploding making it do a flip into two rocks talking about a rock in a hard place and basically if the thing went down if his convoy went down it would actually smash the um it would actually smash the it'll be the on landmine. A, it's, yeah it's a, there's a landmine that's right like right in front of it like the tip of his car if the car had hit the landmine Tyrese is gone gone Run. he gets out and then all of a sudden the car falls and everybody's like roman's gone i'm like come on like well, a, yeah and I, well, I, well, I, was, I was like come on like i believe like i knew roman was alive it's just him talking about it's just a funny little gag about oh and it brings it up later dude i think we're like we're like we're invincible or whatever and i thought i thought it was kind of funny right. like, i'm going over all the stuff that all the mm. stuff, and then he, how he survived. That's again, um, getting our like getting overrun by like at least four or five guys with guns. How Tyrese went full Rambo and all of them, and that happened so quick. I was like, wait, what just happened? Right. I and then you see, then you see one of the henchmen just slowly go down on the ground, and that's it. 
and then you see a bunch of holes where bullets were supposed to go through uh, Tyrese's body, but nothing was actually involved with that or anything like that. But we also see the convoy after Tyrese escapes through the window shield, the windshield and everything, and breaks it. He winds up getting out of the convoy at the same time the convoy is lying down, which then he hurries up and runs out of the convoy's way. The convoy, of course, lands on the landmine, causing it to explode, causing the convoy to flip over at the same moment when Tyrese is probably going to be crumbled underneath it. And then, of course, we wind up seeing Tyrese come out of that okay without a scratch. And then even Letty's like, um, you survived that? No, Ramsey. Ramsey says, yeah, "Well, yeah, Letty, Letty's not in that sequence, right? That's right. She's busy chasing down. Um, well, she's on a motorcycle. With, yeah, she's on the motorcycle and everything too. So there's that part. So I'm gonna let you cover this other action sequence. All right. So while Ramsey and and uh, uh, Tej and Roman are all doing with that, Letty and Dom, like Dom's still in his charger. He's like chuckling along." And then um, Letty, and then Letty's being chased. I thought the sequence was cool, especially just seeing Letty drive through on a motorcycle, and and then some guy gets like some guy gets on her uh, motorcycle. She swings the guy and hits the tree. I mean, that was kind of brutal for the guy because it's like you always have in the there's a, in the late there's a lady Justin Lynn's, You always have it henchmen get hurt in the most like, the most painful way possible. There's plenty of that in this one, but. Seeing the guy get swung over by the tree, that was that was like that was kind of an ooh moment. Like like in the in the in Fast Five when Dom chucked the guy outside the train while he hit the railing of the bridge. Like I mean, you just hear like you hear the thunk, and and that's that's what I like. So they're getting chased by the henchmen, and then then something happened. Um, then Letty gets hit by someone. She goes flying. Dom catches her because with the car. Dom's like that. And then, then she loses the device. And then all of a sudden, you see. Um, and then, like before they get to this moment, you see. Uh, you see this figure, like this brewing figure, just standing in the background of binoculars, looking down on it. And then you see it's John Cena's character, Jacob. Um, and then, and he, well, because like it, the flashbacks happened throughout the movie, so whatever, whatever we just described of what happened, the flashbacks was broken up. Inter, it was intertwined throughout the whole movie, so we didn't have everything. So after the 1980 sequence, the next time we saw Jacob was him on the minefield, staring down, looking at the guy, watching everybody go for the minefield and all that stuff. And then Jacob shows up, picks up the device, and then Dom, and then like the lady gets in the car, and Dom, and then lady's like. That's Jacob, wasn't it? And Dom doesn't say anything. So you just have this this brewing chase between Dom and Jacob while the two of them are like, like slamming their cars into each other. I mean, it was, I thought it was well shot. And then again, I'm apparently the only one. <laughs> again, I thought this, like, I thought this sequence was pretty cool. And it, because like, you got brother versus brother, uh, family versus family, and, and while well, in two separate cars, and they're both kind of like of like the charger like field. Um, and then, and then Jacob was the one that I think, um, and then, and then come to this bridge. Um, and then, um, like before they think that Ted like an Indi- and like an Indiana Jones type of bridge that you would yeah. have to cross on rope. Yeah. So that's how, that's how yeah, it is. Tej, Roman and Ramsey, they both get over the bridge. Then, then somebody shoots down the bridge. So there's nobody left. And then Jacob just like, he just drives the car off the cliff, like nothing that. And then all of a sudden I giant shit, picks up uh picks up uh jacob and then it's uh, it's 
common it's driven to a degree by Cypher. So Cypher picks up Jacob and then Dom being Dom has like and then like or even Letty knows like because anytime Dom's in the car of Letty, you knew something extreme is gonna happen. Fast four. Driving over the tanker after Letty's like Dom, Dom. And then when she when she yells Dom third time, that you have that. The sixth one, uh, crazy stuff happened with that, and of course in the seventh. But now Letty's like kind of had a feeling Dom was gonna do that. He's gonna he drives into like the like the the standing pike thing, or, or like or like something like that's like part of the bridge. He hits that while this piece of like while the string of like that was like the straw bridge of the the string was hooked to the car and then how he had like a kind of like a catapult or like a slingshot, how I was able to get there. I mean, it was sure. Is it ridiculous? Sure. I'm not denying that, <laughs> but I thought it was like, like I said, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're expecting something else, you're expecting realistic physics in this one. No. I don't know what to tell you because obviously these movies have increased. It's like, they're like the mission impossible movies. They got to one, like one up each other in the stunts. Except you just like except it's not just Tom Cruise doing the stunts; it's a lot of other people doing the stunts. That's what I I kind of appreciate that the fact that a lot of people want to get involved in this and do the stunts. I mean, for for, for a series that's gone twenty years, if you can get like well known actors and actresses to join this franchise, I mean, you got Helen Mirren to join the franchise. You had Vanessa Kirby. Well. Another thing, I mean, it's just, well, I mean, I mean, I gotta give it props, but yeah, sounds ridiculous. I don't care. I was entertained by it, but that's the whole point of this movie. But that's just me. Okay, so here's the thing. I understand ridiculousness. I get that. I understand this define the laws of physicality. I get that. I get what this franchise is. I felt more of a danger aspect with Letty on that tanker and Dominic catching her with his car. With this one, it felt like a a uh, cartoon. It really did. It felt like okay, Lenny's getting ready to fall. You already know what to expect. Dominic's gonna go and head save mm-hmm. him with the car. Then Lenny's gonna jump in the car, and then after that, it's gonna be once again. Oh no, we're not gonna make it. When you know they're gonna make it, then the bridge. It was in left. the trailer. Well, also too. <laughs> this sequence was in the trailer. <laughs> I know, I know, but and then like that was the one that you like. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not actually, you know, yeah, the stones here, cartoonish. Like, I mean, this scene but, with him jumping and showing that was in the trailer. A lot of the stuff was in the trailer. There's actually some other stuff that actually happened though too. Uh, we also have the helicopters shooting after them too. At the same time that this whole entire thing is happening, where the drawstring bridge winds up bringing the car over to the cliff, which happens to flip them over, and then they land perfectly still. And then, of course, the of because of the fact they're no longer part of the other country now. Now they're in the U.S. territory, which makes the plane the um, the helicopters fly off because they're uh, not in that jurisdiction anymore. But. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I wanted to like this scene. And also, too, he doesn't just fly off on a ship. He has magnets that hooks to his car to magnetize it to where he can fly off like Nick Fury from the Avengers. The car didn't fly off. It well, was, because it was, it was hooked. Like, That's what I'm saying. The magnet well, oh. magnetized it and caused the airplane to, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm yeah. saying. 
I got okay. okay. I, I get yeah. what you're saying, but I mean, yeah. I think it was primarily it was picked up by the the drone or the whatever the the, the drone uh, pilot or whatever. It was picked up. I, I mean, and then there's maybe some magnets, and we'll get into right. that later. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I again, I like the stunt. Again, it's is it ridiculous? Absolutely, it's ridiculous. But that's the point. Like, I mean, at some point, like some of the stuff that happens in Mission Impossible, like sure, Tom Cruise is doing his own stunts. Some of that stuff's pretty ridiculous. And then we're given that, like, oh yeah, like like critics are loving that. And critics, I mean, come on, critics, what were you expecting with this one? Seriously, like you knew what was happening. We we knew this was coming a year ago. We just prepared like that. I mean, in a sense, they're just a weird, ver- it's just a, a more. It's it's like in a, it's like the Mission Impossible franchise in a sense, but much different. But the stunts are kind of the same. How they have to one up each other every time, um, except again with only Tom Cruise doing it. You got the whole staff. I mean, but I mean, it, I mean, if, if if you need like somebody that like if your life's on the line and you need a, you need a team, I mean, you got to trust Dom's team at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's the really logical thing to do is trust his team because his team is like unbeatable when it comes down to smarts and everything else. Also, too. Then we get into the other thing as well. Now I'm not sure when does Michael Roker's character gets gets introduced in the in the 1980 sequence since he was the he was the pit crew guy. Okay. So he was in that from the whole time. So um, I can take over this part about how they they kind of split up in a sense. Okay. Okay. So they're there, like they're on the plane. Everybody's wondering about who's that. That was Jacob, Dom's brother. Wait a minute, Dom has a brother. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they kind of split up. So before then, Mia shows up um, because Letty called her in a sense because Mia's like, he's my brother. And because um, so Mia was kind of the one that always kind of like kind of like was trying to look out for Jacob. So she kind of had a soft spot, soft spot for him in the sense that he's family like that. So they they, they all split up because Dom found it, a, a photo uh, and then on the photo. It was like greetings from Mexico. And it was like it was a or a, it was a, a call, and then there was like a, a there's a figure that was on the thing. That's how Dom had a feeling. It was related back to Han. So um, Mia and like so this is when the team broke up. So Tej and Tej and Roman they 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 were heading to meet up with some people to like to fix to like fix some cars or whatever. So they broke up like that didn't break up. They they went to one location. Dom went to go figure out, like, to get some more answers about Jacob, and that's what leads us to the Michael Roker character. Right. And then Mia um, and Mia right. and Letty, they're going to Tokyo, the last spot where Han was. Right, to find some clues and everything. Yeah, that, to follow that clue that Dom had. I also liked how they... Now, here's the thing. I love some of the comedy whenever it comes down to the Fast and the Furious thing and this one I feel like they didn't make their marker with this one. I feel like the one liners weren't that great. I felt like something was off and everything. And Chris Morgan wrote the other Fast and the Furious franchise uh, franchise uh scripts and everything. That's what I feel like that is actually missing from it. But I do like the scene where of course it looks like a sewer that they're actually in and there's actually a reference to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that you know we wind up seeing that Roman makes a reference to, which I thought, which made me chuckle a little bit. Yeah. Um, I thought the comedy was forced in the eighth one. I mean, there's oh. aspects of that, and that was written by Chris Morgan. I didn't, I mean, 
sure I noticed it in this one, but I think like like I think the funny parts were when we got the three guys from Tokyo Drift show back up of uh of the um I forgot their character names, but when you when you first see them, they're bickering over the car or whatever, and then or, or they're like they're talking about like, oh man, we're about to blow some stuff up or whatever, and they're like they're putting out like, and then you see them a car with a giant like rocket a rocket on top of the car, and they're they're testing it out, and that's when uh, Tej and Roman show up, and this just the chemistry between those three guys, I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, I just it's like because it was nice seeing that that they brought those guys back. In a sense, that, that like only like um only like that uh the um the one character um the one that was like that like was talking to Dom at Theory Seven. That was the only time he was shown from Theory Seven. Was that time after Tokyo Drift? I mean, I'll look up the names, but uh, but I thought the chemistry for those guys were funny, and this the this the banner of them like talk, and then them trying to out chase a plane and everybody's like celebrating, like yeah. What, what are you guys celebrating? It didn't blow up this time. And then it blew up. I thought that, see, I thought that was kind of funny. Now that, I did chuckle at that. I did laugh about that. And then there's also another part that I laughed at. And it's the part where Tyrese is trying to explain to them about how, you know, that they're got, they're like super, they have superpowers. Like they're yeah. invincible and everything. And goes into the theory of how he thinks that they're invincible. He goes, like, look at this. This is my jacket. Look. Holes, holes went through, bullet holes went through this, bullets went through this. And then Luda's acting like, Tej is acting like he's agreeing with him and everything. And then all of a sudden he goes, yeah, it also can mean that you're a dumbass. And here, take your dumbass jacket. But that's, those are the two things, the three things that I actually laughed at Um. and everything, but... Yeah. Maybe a little bit in the space stuff when we get to it, but yeah, um, it know. was uh, she's Sean Sean Boswell. It was played by Lucas Black, and then we had uh, um, and then Twinkie and uh, Earl Who. Those were the three of the guys that were like from Tokyo Drift that they brought back into this one, and they're the ones that are like even more more crazy than Tej, which is kind of it was just kind of funny, and then it was also kind of cool to see uh, um, Agent Stasiak back. From the from the other Fast and the Furious movies, he's the um, the agent that Dom talked to about information about Jacob and like, hey man, like um, that he's the guy that uh, Brian broke his nose like countless times. Um, I, it was nice to see him back. So they kind of brought everybody kind of back for this and stuff. Um, um, but yeah, I, I thought the like I thought the the, the comedy between the three of those guys, um, Sean, uh, Twinkie, and Earl, who I thought that was pretty funny. But seeing that car explode again and then. When we get to them and go into space, talking to them, hey man, like like we can hear you through the mic. Or like talking to them, like, hey man, I'm just doing the test runs right here. Like, I think we got I think you're gonna be okay. I hope. We heard you. Don't worry, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> and then he's like, Is he gonna be okay? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I thought, again, I thought when those guys were on there, the comedy didn't seem forced. And I mean I, I there wasn't much comedy in this. And that's okay because there's no. not really much supposed to be much comedy for this. So this is kind of a more serious kind of a movie. I thought the comedy was forced in the eighth one to be. I, I did too, to be honest. I, and that was with, with Chris Morgan written right. Down, so, but again, I mean that. So that was them. So they're like they're talking to these guys that get ideas about Cardi. Goes, hey, Dom, Dom sent us. He, uh, we need your help. And that's when the guys like, oh, okay, we're in. <laughs> And then, of course, you get the two brothers. Uh, one of the brothers that's in this one, though, 
this time. The other brother ma- uh, ended up making his own restaurant, like he said he was going to do yeah, in the fifth that was at movie. The very end of the movie that they but, showed up again. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, it's not funny. I mean, so the man, my man, can't cook. Like he opened <laughs> his own restaurants and can't cook. <laughs> but you know. I like Michael Rooker's character. I thought his character was very likable and somewhat yeah. of a father figure to for Jacob because of the fact that, you know, he doesn't really have a lot of family or anything like that since Dominic kicked him out of his own family. Yeah. Then also, too, you get to find out who is actually behind Jacob, who is the forerunner of this besides Charlize Theron. It's, uh, then there's this rich, snobby British guy that is part of this whole entire operation. And everything, and also too, I like the Genghis Kong reference that Charlie Charlie Styron uh, put in there, where he's like, you know, Genghis Kong had a brother, but he was also overshadowed by his brother. But his brother was also overshadowed by Genghis Kong. And I I had to explain to one of my family members what he actually meant, and it was just the fact that how similar Jacob feels according to how. Uh, Genghis Khan's brother must feel to be a shadow of his older brother overlooking him rather than him being out in the forefront. I mean, I just got to give props to Charlize Theron. She didn't do much for this movie because she was probably most of the time she was in a box. She was great in this. Like, I mean, she she is the Fast and Furious version of Thanos. Like, she's very manipulative. Hence the whole, you, you really think you can kill your brother. Like, her trying to get into Jacob's mind because she knows, she kind of deep down knows that she, he, he's going to be the one that's going to kill Dom, So and that's kind of getting her happy. Um, but it's just like, like, she filmed most of the stuff in the box, because I think she was, um, I think she, she was busy working on the old guard while they were working on this movie or whatever, So and then she came in a little bit late, but um, this three, this thing behind the scenes is like they said, um, John Cena and the act, like he was the best acting partner for her, because a lot of times Charlize was forgetting her lines, because there's a lot going on in her head, and John Cena's the one that was helping her out with the line. So I just had to mention that in the little background of that. But and then there's talks that they're going to try to get her for a, a spinoff series, and how like or she's like a, a spinoff thing for Cipher and or the female character. She's like, I would love to be the ones to try to kill these people, like because it's it's just like so obviously Charlie Theron's having fun doing this, and I think she's doing a great job as the villain. Because we haven't had that big of a villain for, against these guys in quite a rock, quite a while, so it's nice to see her coming back to be the villain. And I think she's like, she does a great job. But yeah, that I do have to agree. I do like and, Char- Charlie Styron as the main batting in this one. I know I said that before our show, but she definitely steals the show and the screen whenever you yeah. whenever it goes back to her. As a matter of fact, she's in a box like Hannibal Lecter, yeah. giving advice to the main villains and everything of this movie, yeah. which is Jacob. What is that other British dude's name? Because his name um, is actually very for- forgettable. Um, I'm trying to see. But, you know... Well, it's not m- fully mentioned. Um, I forgot the, the guy's name. But all I know is he was just a rich snob or whatever. Yeah, He kind of, yeah, he kind of looked like that one of the guys from Shaw's team, the one that was like that got like got his arm like like completely almost like that got almost ripped off by Gina Corona in Fast Six. He kind of looked like him a little mm-hmm. bit, but not really. Um, but I did, I think the the one line I loved was when Charlie Stearns com- was comparing the uh, like the British guy to being Yoda. He's always uh, he's a puppet and, he, and he, who always has a hand up somebody's ass. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I love that line. I thought that was good where she kind of like, she's taking a shot, not only at Star Wars, but taking a shot at him, which I thought that was kind of funny, like how describing Yoda as a, 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 a puppet with a hand up his ass. Um, so yeah, I love, like, she, she was very vindictive, very, like, very villain-esque, and that was great. Um, so the reason Dom showed up, like, so when they all split up, Dom went up to meet with Buddy to find out where's Jacob, what's going on, and Buddy told him, yeah, he's looking for another piece in London, or, or England, or somewhere around that area. Um, let me see exactly where that was. Um, oh, his name is Otto. Yeah, that was the guy's name, Otto. Um, and then, um, so anyway, Dom's going to the to London area to find Jacob. And then right before he gets there, he like Dom's walking. And then all of a sudden you see uh, Helen Mirren's character is back as, um, yeah, Helen's Mirren. All right. You're actually muted. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so maybe, you're trying or whatever. Um, I was talking about Queenie. Um, about like how Do- the Dom went to London to find Jacob, and that's when Dom's just walking down the street and he sees Queenie trying to steal a car after she robs some place, and so Queenie's like helping him out, and, like, and then so she, seeing Helen Mirren back as the mom, which is I thought it was kind of cool, and seeing her drive drive a car and she like she's having no problem driving evading the police and he's help and he's he's dom's helping her out can you yeah nothing can't can't call this a grainy switch huh i definitely like that though to be honest with you i like queenie i like her as queenie but once again the driving backwards i've seen it in too fast too furious saw it on the other movies I mean, it's. I mean, I'm like, you know, it, it, they're gonna do it. it, it it's only. It I'm only like, and it's again in the trailers too. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I find and then like so, and then like the, while she's driving, they're having a conversation. He's talking about like Jacob, and and then Dom mentioned that I think that uh, Jacob I like, asked Queenie to probably take out Dom, and of course Queenie kind of having that soft spot for Dom since she helped him, like, helped, like, she helped him, like, or he helped her get revenge on Cypher for what, what she kind of did to her family. So, again, the whole theme here is family. Um, luckily, Helen Mirren drives him to the location, telling Dom, please don't die. I actually really like you. <laughs> and then also, too, um, we see him enter, well, we see this other guy that looks all tatted up, real muscular and everything. And also to uh, this other security guy. And basically what winds up happening is he goes, look, I want to see my brother. So they let him in. I'm actually surprised they didn't do a, uh, didn't frisk him for anything or anything like that. But they go in, he talks to his brother and everything. And, you know, it, I didn't feel that tension like I wanted to with the rock. I didn't feel any kind of tension at all. You see them pointing guns at each other. You see, all of a sudden, you see his brother call the cops on him for actually pulling a gun on somebody outside of the U.S. and everything. And then, next thing you know it, supposedly these women show up. And it's, you know, Cardi B, who I thought was supposed to do the sound effects for the for the cars. But she's... Uh, sh- but yeah, she's actually in this movie for at least three minutes. Uh disguised as police officers as rate people of a raid team and 
it just doesn't work for me. I'm like, okay, so now Dominic is now a PIMP working in, everybody seems to know him. It's, I'm like, I think it's because they're run by Queenie. Queenie knows, I mean, so like, she has I'm, contact, right? Okay. Queenie knows everybody in London. She, again, that's why she's the, a mob kind of a boss. She knows, she has people, she knows people. Dom knew he was going to get arrested by them, but it wasn't Jacob that called the, the, the force. It was really Otto. Otto is the guy that was the name of the uh, the guy that's working with Cypher. So it's really Otto was the one that really called in. And then, like, I mean, there was, like, I mean, sure, there's no tension, but it's because Dom hasn't seen Jacob for a while. And I thought that scene was pretty cool how they're both, like, taking each other's guns and, like, pulling them out. Like, and then how Dom has a lot of guns on him because you don't see, usually see Dom with a gun. I thought that I thought that scene was kind of cool, and again, that was me. Um, and then, like, sure, I didn't care for Cardi B. Then again, I don't really care for her at all. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't so she's supposed to be like, like again, it was only a quick three minutes. Sure, it was annoying three minutes, but it's because Queenie, like Queenie, knew that was in order to protect Dom because he, she, Queenie had, she knows people. She knows people that knows people. That's how those female armed people were there the whole time. Is because they. Because Queenie probably alerted them that Dom was coming because Queenie knew about Jacob and how how Jacob wanted Queenie to he, Jacob offered her money to take out Dom. So they she knew everything that was going on in that building. That's why I think yeah, that's that's how it kind of easily seemed like oh what's the point of this? It's because Queenie was trying to protect Dom because she actually has a soft spot for him, which I mentioned earlier, but. Could there could have cast anybody else than Cardi B? Absolutely. Um, I don't think she's she's not that great. So, but I mean, again, I don't think she was really needed. But it was only a quick sec. It was only like a quick two minutes, and then so then we moved from that location. Then we moved to the Tokyo location, which I thought was a really cool sequence. I definitely liked the. Now here's the thing: of everything that I didn't like, I thought the Tokyo. Um, scene was really good. It made me feel like I was back in Tokyo where Tokyo Drift took place in, even though I thought that Tokyo Drift was probably not the greatest film. But still, it was good to be back in Tokyo and them investigating the latest whereabouts of, well, whatever happened to Han. And then, of course, they wind up seeing the Spanish flag in this little apartment thing. That, And, of course, it's a callback to Han. So they start questioning about it. They go up to his house, and then as they're searching his apartment, they wind up finding, of course, they don't know it's his apartment at all. They're still looking for clues. But they go up to this apartment, and they find a picture. Lydia, not a Lydia, but uh, Mia. Mia winds up finding a picture of, of a Han and this other girl together. And the next thing you know it, this being ransacked by a bunch of other people that comes in crashing in there, which is part of Jacob's crew because they're trying to capture the girl that Han has. And then if, then of course they go into this whole entire fight sequence. And I thought the stunts for this was really good to mm -hmm. be honest with you. I thought the fight sequences were really good. I thought the humor in it in the fight scene was really good, especially when Mia winds up taking one of the spatulas and or one of the stirring things for the, uh, to stir the pot of soup with was actually fitting what they were doing so i thought that was really good i mean i like the setup beforehand where you get to see you get to hear mia and letty talk because the two of them haven't spoken because 
last time Mia saw Letty was in like was like maybe like briefly in Fury Seven, but that's one because Mia like Letty didn't have her memories back because Letty is still doing amnesia. So the last time Mia really saw Letty was probably the fourth one. So it's just kind of nice that they actually had a throwback where the two of them actually got the meet up and they got the talk, which I thought was really cool because like, because we haven't seen these two characters together in quite a while. So it was really nice to see that. And that's how them that. And then beforehand you see a brooding figure up in the background, like before, before they go into the building, which is kind of shows like it's, it's Han, but you get to see it. And then when they're in the hat, you hear the girl say, Mia, Letty, watch out. So that obviously the girl knew who these two people were. And that's what I'm like. I thought the sequence, the fight sequence was great in this. Like Letty, Letty's a badass. I mean, I, I've said that before, but she's a badass. And I just like that they're giving her action sequences where she's fighting. And like, and then like, like the sequence where she like, kind of like, it kicked him outside the window and, and he crashed to the ground. I thought that was pretty cool. And then, then it looked like they were held at gunpoint. And then all of a sudden you see a, you hear a sniper and then you see Han's face. And, and then that, that, that was a really cool moment to see Han back. Um, and then, and then, and then I just liked that thought the comedy was kind of funny once, once they got Han back when they're like, um, um, but before they get Han back to this, the, their, 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 their hideout, then we go back to um, back to the area in London where uh, where Dom find like like they're tracking Jacob and it's Dom Ramsey Tej and Roman they're all there in that area to find out like what's going on with Roman like going on with Jacob and they're following him um, and then then all of a sudden Roman and Tej they get captured um, in this in the in this like that and then Ramsey driving. Well, don't forget, Roman also notices that this one, these two people have cauliflower, and and not only that, but they're like, "Do you see anything out of the norm, out of normal over here?" He said, "Yeah, I see a lot of things out of the normal over here. It's like tracking Where's Waldo in Hogwarts in Harry Potter land. Yeah, there's every there's one person with a George Washington's wig on. What's up with that? There's, there's another Waldo. person. <laughs> Where's Waldo at? Yeah. So." Um. So they get but, captured, and then Ramsey not knowing how to drive. I thought that was kind of funny because <laughs> she's the hacker, yet she doesn't drive. So I've seen her trying to drive the car, which is fitting because that's the same car Roman and Tej are in. And that was a that's a pretty cool fight scene that the two of them had against the security guards in there. And then this is where a lot of magnets are in there. So just seeing them mess with the magnets, I think that was that was kind of funny. <laughs> To be honest with you, I was hoping for kind of what I saw with uh, Fast Five, where we saw the vaults being traveled onto the highway and stuff like that. I was thinking that maybe, you know, the magnets would actually be a no, no, bigger... no, no, no. This is before that sequence. The magnets are like the sem- the mini magnets are in the truck with that Ramsey's driving. Right. I know. Finished, yeah. So they're only the mini magnets. They, they wasn't that, that that whole sequence wasn't until later so on. So they don't. Okay. So in other words, is because here's the thing. I was going into it thinking that these mini magnets can actually do the same, almost close to the same damage that the big magnets could, mm-hmm. for some reason. Because I was that's why I was expecting maybe a lot more no. of like the bank vault kind of thing going on, where basically that was, yeah. that was later on. Sorry. No, no, I know it's later on, but yeah. I'm just saying uh, I thought that the bigger, you know what I'm saying? I just thought it would be a bigger yeah. part yeah. within this scene, though, was basically what I was yeah. saying. 
I think it was. I think it wasn't the point. I think they just they just figured it out. I think later on, that's when they when the magnets get intense when they all have it. I think this one was just to introduce us to the magnets because we didn't like it's not they didn't want to go all out on this one. Um, but I I, I thought it was kind of cool like oh that she was using the mini mag because again the the magnets they're tiny but they weren't as strong as until Tej got a hold of them later on where they were able to amp it up. Um, I think that's the point of it, the, the smaller magnets. They, they weren't supposed to be that big yet. Um, that's for later on in the movie. But while that's going on, um, Dom is tracking Jacob. And that's, and then Dom's able to catch Jacob. And they have a... I thought it was a cool fight scene. Is it as great as the rock fight scene? No. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it's just the two of them finally wailing on each other because they've, like, they've had so much hatred all these years. So it's just kind of building up. But again, was it as great as the build up for the rock one? No, but it did. And for me, it did what it needed to do. It, 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 it like the two of them wailing out on each other, them trying to catch, and then the scene Otto being an idiot, like not even like getting to like to the right location. Dude, where are you? I'm right where you're at. No, you're below me, you dumbass. <laughs> like just seeing Jacob being more of the the driving force and how Otto is supposed to be this top br- British bu- br- like like intelligent br- billionaire. He's just a prick that doesn't know how to drive a car. Right, but you see, though, for me, I thought that maybe they would wind up fighting whenever they captured uh, Jacob and everything. To be honest with you, I thought for sure we would end up seeing something like that. That kind of tension build up once he was let go, that he would wind up fighting him again and it just felt lacklustering for me to the point where i'm like okay this is not the same level of what i got with the rock where you have the rock building up that tension at every scene and then you wind up again the clash between them for me it just didn't work and then also too you see them you see him, uh, Vin Diesel just do this Superman kind of fly whenever he's gliding through the roof and then just captures him. And then as he's gliding, they go into the building and then Dominic winds up uh, getting picked up by John Cena, by Jacob. And he crapped in at, on top of where the door door frame is and everything. All of a sudden that just goes on ahead and breaks. And it acts like he that didn't even phase him or anything mm-hmm. like that. Kind of it, the walls, kind of like I don't know, like they're probably weren't as that. I mean, again, like I said, it isn't the build up that, but I think the difference is the build up between the rock and that is because the rock is a, a, a bigger adversary, he's not family, he wasn't that, he was a cop, and they hate cops. And it's just the build up between the two of them, you just kind of like this. That this one was kind of like they didn't want to, like I said, Dom wanted to kill Hobbs. Hobbs wanted to, like, not only kill Dom, like, not kill Dom, but beat him so bad that he gives up. But these guys were family members. Dom didn't want to kill Jacob. That's the whole point. I don't think Dom really wanted to kill Jacob because um, he's his brother. And like, I mean, like he, like you said, I mean, you get you ain't get angry with your brother. There's been there's just been a lot of hatred for that. I don't think the whole point was to ki- wasn't to kill Jacob. I think like, I think that was why the int- it was more intense with the Rock situation because you knew that the two of them were just they hated each other and they weren't family. Again, I think that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, it's just I think that's that's probably why it wasn't intense. Um, sure, it was pre- it was I I enjoyed it for what it was, but was it as intense as it should have been? No, but then again, that's just me. 
Okay. Um, and then uh, after we wind up having that, that's when, of course, you see Dominic bring him back over to um, his hideout and everything with where that where uh, everybody else is at. Yeah. And then, of course, that's when, you know, of co- and also, too, I forgot we forgot to mention the fact that he has the other side. Jacob actually has uh, the other. Well, yeah. Yeah. The other piece. Yeah. yeah. He had the other piece and then the girl there. So he had, Jacob had everything in place. Um, and then they were wondering, how did Jacob get caught? Well, they turned the magnet on and his car fell into their, um, they, like his car got sucked right into the truck, which I thought that was kind of funny where they kind of destroyed a building in a sense. So I thought that was kind of funny. And then that's how that, and then, um, so back at the hideout, that's when everybody says, Hey, Han's back. So everybody's like, like it was having a nice moment with Han. And I thought it was kind of funny when Roman's like, How'd you survive? Because the last time we heard about you, you blew up. And then and then and then and then Ted's like, dude, shut up. Let the man tell a story. And this is where we get into the back history of how Han survived. And I thought it was cool how they brought him back. It wasn't cheesy. It fit within the story and it kind of fit within who Mr. Nobody was. Because there's so much we don't know about his character. And made sense that he was the one that kind of was like behind the scenes of all of this, to be honest. Yeah, and then we wind up finding out that Mr. Nobody wound up hiring Han for a couple of jobs and everything, too, which is also protecting Ares, which is the two sides of the um, of that piece that John Cena mm-hmm. has and everything. And also, too, the girl's also the key to it, but we don't find that until a little later. But for me, seeing that part with Han... Yeah, I, I wanted to be convinced. I wanted to actually like that part. Yeah, it fell flat for me. Mine I know, wa- it's fine. <laughs> I, like I said, I was rooting for this movie. I was excited for it, but it just didn't land for me the way that I wanted to land and stick with me. And I wanted it to, and it just didn't work out that way. And some movies do that. But if you guys like this movie, that's fine and everything. But for me, it yeah. just didn't work. But the Han thing, I was excited and I wanted to know the mystery element as to how and why, how he survived that and everything too. And if I was actually going to be sold on it, I was open to it and didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, it just, it just goes to the, the, the secrecy of Mr. Nobody because he just appeared in the seventh movie. And then it's just how, how knowledgeable Kurt, I mean, again, Kurt Russell was great as Mr. Nobody. And um, we still don't know where he is because we don't know where the, his body wasn't there when they, in the beginning. So we still don't know where he is. And it's like fitting because he knew Giselle. So obviously he did some stuff. He worked like either he had Giselle work for him at some point. Hence, that's why he kept bringing up Giselle. Um, do I think she's dead? Absolutely. She's the one that I definitely think is dead because it was pretty obvious. She's dead. Um, there's no way she was going to survive that. I thought the car thing was believable that Han survived because of the quick cuts of the camera kind of make it. And and and, and, I, and I thought I I felt it worked because it fit for the story. It wasn't unbelievable. Like oh yeah, I'm invincible. I just survived the car crash. If it was staged, I believe that again for me it worked. I guess it's not going to work for everybody. Um, but I mean, I liked how it worked and I, I liked how they keep that. Cause Justin Lin was a huge Han fan and he hated 
that there was no mention of Han in the eighth movie. That's why he came back for this one because he hated what happened with the eighth movie in terms of there was no mention of Han, no respect for his name because he just like supposedly was dead in the seventh one um, at the end of Tokyo Drift and lead the seven. Like there was no justice for him and he wanted justice for Han and we'll probably get that in the next few movies. But I liked what they did with it. It worked for me. It's not going to clearly work for everybody. But then again, um, that and then it's just it was cool seeing Han re- back with the team because he was a hard soul of this team. Like, like it. He he works well. He gels well with the team. Um, but again, moving on. Right, and then the, oh yeah, the rich guy. His name is Otto. That's something yeah. that I want to. Yeah, mention. I said that. Yeah, yeah. I said that earlier on Otto. But you know. Then we wind up seeing Otto and his team coming into the hideout and then busting, of course, a Jacob out of his little prison wall cell that, been, uh, of course, you know, Dominic winds up having for him. And then he goes, well, thank you, Dom. Thank you. Because now, not only do I have the two pieces of Aries, now I have the key, which is actually the girl's DNA, which is Ellie's DNA. So now he's got all three parts to actually activate Ares and then cause this war that he wants to cause and everything. So they wind up walking out with him. And then this is also this huge battle with Ben Diesel, which is one of your favorite scenes, which this scene didn't work for me, but I'll explain my reasons. Yeah. Um, I liked how this kind of like, I kind of had a feeling something was going to happen because when, when Jacob removed, I was the rogue agent for Mr. Nobody, which kind of makes sense because John Cena has been in the spy game a lot longer than, Dom has. So I had a feeling I, I knew Jacob was going to get out of it. And then and then the action sequence. I thought this was cool. Um, it was just mainly just showing just when Dom gets pissed off, Dom's pretty, like, you don't want to mess with him, in a sense, for me, at least. And it's just, um, like, like, like the rest of the team's out. Dom locks Letty away, and then Dom starts going one-on-one against every single of those guards. And man, that scene was intense. Like for me, that one, that one didn't like that one was like that when Dom's picking up guys, slamming them on the, on the railings while they're, and then, and then you hear the, and then there's a moments during that sequence where I was like, I was like, Oh, cause that was, that was pretty brutal to watch this. The guys, like you can hear the, hear their backs break, their, their ribs break. Like Dom's just going ballistic on every single one of these guys. And I thought that was cool because I haven't seen Dom this pissed off since Furious 7. Again, John is disagreeing with me on this one, clearly, and that's fine, because I've disagreed with him so many times already, but it's it's just... It's just fun, though. It's fun to have different opinions, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like the sequence. John, you clearly didn't. Let's see no. why. <laughs> okay, as mad as I get... At certain things, I know adrenaline can make you do crazy things when you're ticked off. I get that. I totally get that. But then you see Dom <sighs> pissed off. And then he winds up taking these chains and going like this and ripping the chains off, making the things fall, the whole entire uh, bridge uh, of where they're at fall down over them and then him falling through and then we get a vision of him and his past a younger him and then a an older him and a mirror vision i'm like really really we're doing this 
Uh, I mean it. Adrenaline can make you do crazy things. Not to take chains that are with these bridges, these things that are holding thing, other stuff together and everything and rip them apart. I get the fact that, here's the thing. I get the fact that I'm supposed to ignore physics, bunker. physicality. It's a bunker, yes. Old bunker, very old. An old bunker. Like, right. you, you knew stuff was rotting. Like, it's this. But, hold on. The thing that makes him strong is probably because of family. Because his sister was in danger, which causes him to go ape crap crazy is in his bunker. And everything is Letty. Still family. He's married to her, so it's still family. It causes him to riff havoc and causes him to go underwater and go with all this debris coming down and having a vision of his past life. And I'll let you go into the past life stuff. I mean, <laughs> was the past stuff like not needed? No. I thought like some parts of it were entertaining where you see him get more information about what, why Jacob did what he did. Cause Jacob kind of mentioned before that, uh, Dad had me fix the race because dad was in debt. And now we get to see that aspect of it. So it adds more clarification. And we see um, Jack Toretto on the phone. Like, man, I'm already in debt as it is. I can't lose this race. And it's because Jacob, did Jacob want to do that? No, his dad forced him to, because the reason Jacob or Jack didn't go to Dom is because he knew Dom was going to tell him, don't do this. That's uh, that, I and mean, it's like I thought that part of the vision got more clarification into the, the motivation of why Jacob did what he did. It's because he he didn't want to, he was told to by his father. And like, he, 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 like if his father told him to do something, he was kind of going to do it because Jack seemed like a guy that could get easily pissed off. So I think I think that part of the vision add more clarity clarity to the sequence where Jacob was telling Dom, "No, I didn't want to kill Dad." I did it because he told me to because he was already in debt. I thought that add more clarification to that um, that that sequence because he he mentioned it so quick before stuff happened. It added more clarification to that. I mean, again, listening to the review by Dan Merle, there's the action part of it, and then there's the Dom family part of it. It's either some people are like, I like the action. I don't care for the Dom family, or they don't like either of it. There's like so many like that. Did I care for some of the visions? No, but I liked what it tried to do. It gave more, try to give more clarification in Jacob's motivation of of why I kind of probably like telling Dom like you shouldn't have left me, like you shouldn't have let like like just left me because you keep talking about family. You left your only brother, and it's I think I was just trying to show them like the motivate uh, the reason why Jacob did it is because again it wasn't his fault. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Then he wakes up. Letty is um, telling him that there's no family without you. You are my life. You are my family, pretty much. I'm not going for verbatim here, but that's pretty much the context of it. Next thing you know, it they decide they try to go on ahead and take down Otto and also Jacob on this um, on this other part of this mission that they're doing. Uh, matter of fact, they're over. A uh, matter of fact, they wind up finding out too that in order for them to, for them to stop this Aries thing, it has to be. We, they have to be out in orbit to do this. So 
this is the other part where the Fast and the Furious 9 turns into a Fast and the Furious meme that everybody's been posting online for centuries about Fat, Fast and the Furious going out in space. And of course, we also got a little bit of that when you see the du- the dudes from um, Tokyo Drift with the rocket on the on that car and everything too, the prototype, and shooting it, uh, trying to race the airplane and everything. So I'll let you go on and take it from there too. Um, which part? Oh yeah. So the the whole getting uh, Tej and Roman to space. I thought this sequence was kind of funny, especially when you have. Um, uh, Sean and um, Sean and uh, Earl Hugh, they're on the plane. They're talking, and you see them wrapping it up with duct tape. Roman eating because he's scared. Every time Roman's nervous, he's always eating. And he's like, dude, man, I'm nervous. Well, no, I couldn't tell you of all the rappers in the car. You see the rappers like all over the place because Roman's clearly scared. Um, and then you hear uh, Sean and, and Earl who they're in the bat. They're like, oh, don't worry, guys. We tested this. You're going to be fine. And then they're like, are they going to be fine? And they got, and then the uh, Earl Hughes test, the playing the uh, test simulator, kind of like, kind of, it's kind of funny what Tej did in Fury 7. He was doing the, the, the simulator, the, the game while they're about to jump out of that, that fly out of the, the, the um, helicopter or the airplane. This one, it's the opposite. It's Earl Hughes playing it. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing the testing for? Like, we should have tested this before. I'm like, guys, you're still on mic. <laughs> we can hear you. And like, oh, don't worry. They're going to be fine. Are they going to be fine? I don't know. And then, then they blast them off again. I like again. This is the first movie in this type of franchise to be able to do something like this. Um, I, again, I got to give them props. They're they're going on the. I mean, the fact that they went to space and I, I thought it was kind of cool. But then again, I'm apparently the only one. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here we I like, go. <laughs> I like the humor with that part. Them going into space. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like the part where Luda's duct taping his uh his glove and everything, so the way there's no other holes in it and stuff like that. I definitely like that aspect of it. And then of course Tyrese um, which is Roman's character telling him, Okay, all we're gonna do is duct tape things now. That's all we're doing in space, duct tape. But the whole entire liftoff portion of it, I'm going in space. I'm like, oh, why? Ugh. Because I feel like I'm watching a Fast and the Furious meme versus a movie at this point. Yeah, so, if Mission Impossible goes to space, everybody's going to call it an, call it an achievement. And I'm expecting people that hated this sequence is going to love, oh, yeah, they went to space. It was great. I don't want any of that hypocrisy. Hold on. I'm going to give you two, when they both go to space and one they went like, "Oh, it was so much better." I'm like, they're two different franchises, but going to space is going to space. Nobody else has done that. Like, I mean, this is the first movie that's going to do cuz we already know Tom Cruise is trying to talk about going to space. And he's going to of course he's going to make that look realistic and all the critics are going to give him like special effect of the year. All that I mean, and he if, should. We're gonna, if we're going to hate it, hate it both ways. Not yeah, like, not because, like, it like, I mean, it's just, I mean, here's the thing. Tom I mean, Cruise, you're going to hate one thing like the other. Mission, I Impossible is a, <laughs> Mission Impossible is a spy movie. And they're it's going purpose, to space. Yes, just like James Bond went to space before. There's like any other spy movie. This and is this not is a spy a, movie. 
this technically <laughs> kind of is in a sense. Jacob's like, you, you've been, I've been playing the spy game longer than you, Dom. Again, this one was the first, this one beat Mission Impossible to the punch. And when it goes to space, so I, I just don't want to, like, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't want to hear, like, like the saying, oh, yeah, this one was better. And then, like, they, they made that one look weak. I'm like, come on. No. Like, they went to space. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. We should be, like, like sure. Was it was it well shot? No. But no one else has done this. You got, I mean, I got to give it props for no one else has done, done this in terms of for this power because every single time when someone goes to space because they know every single time when someone goes to space the movie that's when the franchise starts going downhill but this also made over a billion dollars though too which i'm actually happy with because it made some it made box office money and then of course we went to the whole movie theater thing earlier but it's not there yet a billion it's it's at the halfway point it's at about 500 million but But still still. it's halfway i mean usually in the 10th movie it's so, it sounds to go off, like go down, and they, they make less and less money. This one clearly isn't making it. It's not gonna is not gonna be a flop. If you're thinking this is a flop, absolutely it's not. This movie is probably making a profit. Hence, there's two more movies. I mean, this is like this franchise has made over a billion dollars with so many of their movies. This is way over a billion dollars. I mean. I mean, when you do 10 movies, you got to come up with these outlandish ideas to keep it like, like, because you keep, if you keep doing, oh, we got to do straight race, street race, street race. No, you got to reinvent it. Because some people were, t- I like me, I was kind of tired of the street racing. I liked how they're ramping, ramping up their game. Sure. Is it ridiculous? Yes. That's the whole point of this. It's not taking itself seriously. That's why I didn't really care for the first one. And it, it, it took itself too seriously. When it take when you take yourself too seriously, not gonna not necessarily always gonna pay off. This this one didn't take itself seriously, and I was okay with that. Again, if you don't like this, that's fine. I'm just trying to point out, like when Mission Impossible does it, just like to say, oh, this is the first movie that did it, first franchise that did this. No. I'm just trying to say, keep this in mind. This is the technically this beat Mission Impossible to the punch in terms of going to space because you know Tom Cruise is itching to go to space, and I'm pretty sure they're going to have to do some CGI with that because Tom Cruise isn't going to be able to do his own stunts for that forever because that would probably kill him. Okay, Must so say. okay, so I didn't like the space thing you did, so let's go on ahead and go into uh, when. Of course, Otto winds up using the DNA of Ellie, and then, of course, that's when it leads into the whole entire deal with the huge giant magnets and that huge uh, action sequence that we were talking about. So what did you think about the action sequences for that? I thought this was cool. I mean, it's, it was nice when the team got together, and they're always, they always go they go big or go home with their action sequence. And this one definitely did it. I thought the magnet sequence was cool, especially when they're, when the two suck shit, like when the two magnets and the cars and they fling them, it definitely remind me of the vault sequence from fast five in the sense of the cars crashing stuff, collapsing cars, flipping. Like, I mean, this, I just definitely, I enjoyed the sequence because I loved that sequence in fast five so much. I just liked it when the cars like they flip, like when they when they when they when the when the good guys win, and like and they anybody that's trying to get near these guys is not happening. 
Um, I, I like the whole sequence and, um, and also it was revealed during the seat, like the, and then he gets to see Mia back in the car and cause she's, 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 she, she's a Toretto. She knows how to drive and she, her and Han are in the same car. And then they get into the, the one where they're trying to save Ellie and you get to see Han do some fighting, which is pretty cool. Um, and then, and then Jacob, like they, 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 they notice something's wrong on the top. So they send Jacob up and what do you know? They, 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 they kind of like, they kind of try to backstab Jacob because Otto released after Charlie Theron had the whole y- you're Yoda and like oh great I mentioned that no Yoda's a puppet with a hand up their ass and just that whole line how Otto released Cipher from the box and he goes hello Jacob yeah I'm out of the box like and like and like and then that I mean you, you knew that was inevitable you knew Charlie Theron was gonna finally get out of that box and be more be more of the controlling type of person that she is because she's really working with Otto. Yeah, and then after that winds up happening, then we wind up seeing a change in Jacob to the point where now he's fighting that other guy, the big, tall, muscular uh, version of what Tom McDonald the rapper is and everything. And, of course, we see this big, huge sign hit him upside the head uh, where the exit's supposed to, like, telling you where the exit is. And then, of course, it doesn't even phase him. He's just like, okay. He staggers a little bit, doesn't really phase him or anything like that. Goes back to fighting with Jacob. Jacob winds up, I think, pushing. Up. They wind up fighting until one of them winds up falling off the, until the main baddie winds up, uh, you know, winds up falling off the convoy. And then, of course, that's when Jacob gets inside the other car that's attached to the convoy because it's magnetized. And then that's when, of course... Uh, they let the magnetism go, and then that's when Jacob goes on to one side of the area, and then you see the convoy and everything, everyone else go on the opposite side. Yeah. Um, well, I think the big baddie got hit because uh, Letty timed the car right with the magnet, and the car flung and yep. hit him. I thought that was kind of cool. Again, it was a ridiculous, yes, this whole sequence was ridiculous. This whole movie, in terms of the stunts, is ridiculous action. But then again, I I like that. But then again, that's that's me. But uh, um, yeah. Okay. So then after that winds up happening, then we wind up seeing Tyree. We wind up seeing Tej, and we wind up seeing um, Roman Roman out in space again, and the, like, and the thrusters are not working or anything like that. So. The only way to do it is to go through it, go through the satellite. And Ted is like, well, if we do that, we're going to die. Because, well, you know, if we're going to die, we might as well make this our last one. So they go through the satellite. And then, of course, they wind up surviving, which also causes the Aries to go on ahead and be diffused. And then that's when we have this big other action sequence in a modulator with Thuris, Thuris, uh uh, you know, yeah, we wind up seeing Sniper, Sniper, uh, attacking him. Yeah. Um, before then, then we had the pretty cool sequence of the magnets picking up this huge car, and it crashed. Like again, I I, I thought the magnets were co- were cool. How they were able to pick two cars could die because Jacob gets involved. Like I can help you out there, Dom. So Jacob's helping out Dom and the team pick up this huge. Because at first we keep thinking when you see the orange car, that's Han's car. You figure Han would be driving that. No, Han's in the other car with Mia and and Ellie. They're able to get saved after um, 
after Han, be, it kills the one guy by chucking a bomb at him, like, or, or, or turning on the magnets while the guy catches the, the thing, and then he flies out and he blows up. So it was nice seeing Han get back in the action, mm-hmm. um, not just behind the car. There's actually him doing the fight sequences. Is, is he okay? Like, is he great at fighting? No. No. But he does what he needs to do to win. But um, but then picking up the giant, the giant thing, I thought that was pretty cool. Again, because I haven't seen it in a movie like mm. a movie like this before, so it's just that. But then the the whole Dom and the car taking on C- Cipher, I thought that was pretty ridiculous. I liked it. John, tell us why you didn't like that sequence. To be honest with you, I was okay with that. Okay. Yeah, that, that I was okay with. The magnets, <laughs> not so much. Because okay. here's the thing with the vaults and stuff yeah. like that. You have that chance of realism with the vaults. You hit, makes it yes, it's fake. Yes, I get that, but there's also that little chance of it not feeling like a cartoon, basically, and it has that little chance of realism. It has that little sense of danger with this one with the magnets. I was thinking that they might go down that same route as Fast Five did. We have that little sense of danger and things like that. It didn't really feel on that same type of realism that I wanted to go for, like with the vaults. And stuff because I was thinking I was looking for more of a comical aspect mm-hmm. to that part because they could have actually made something funny out of it, but they didn't go down that route. And you know, it just didn't work for me on that part. But mm-hmm. as far as the Charlie's Theron sequence with her flying the uh modulator and everything, and you know, in the modulator going after them, I thought that worked really good. Okay, to be honest um, with you. Um, I again, I think like I think if they forced any comedy in that like in that sequence with the vaults, I don't I don't think it would have lost it for me because I think I I mean I don't think they could have really for like if they did any comedy would have been forced and I kind of glad they didn't go the comedy route with it. Um, sure, some of the aspect looked cartoonish, but then again, some of the sequence in the vault sequence and how that happened. But there's a little bit of, of like you know what I'm saying. It makes it yeah. look like it's believable, but it's not yeah. believable. But it has a little chance of little small realism in there. Same thing when you look at the thing in uh, India, whenever they're going from building to building, leaping off of that with the car. I actually like that because there's actually yeah. a little bit of small part of realism in it, but not much. But still, a little mm-hmm. sense of danger was what I liked with okay. those with that yeah but this one i didn't feel it as much that's fine it's not for right. everybody it's all good right. um right but i mean i thought that sequence of course you knew dom was gonna have to like run out of that that sequence and i think i thought that him like again you just knew like it, it, it like like dom's like oh man i could finally take out cypher like and then like when he did that i personally was cheering my, my like i saw my mom and my sister and my brother and that and we're all cheering because we knew cypher finally was gone and then when she gets out of the modulator like she's like we're like, damn it, she's still alive. Because <laughs> you knew she was too, that was too, like, there was no way she was going to get there that quick. No. But her being in the modulator, because, and she was like, oh shit. Like, this here, her reaction to her finally losing, it's kind of nice to hear because obviously that she's done a great job as the villain. To see mm-hmm. her kind of knocked off her pedestal a little bit was kind of nice. She go, is she going away anytime soon? Absolutely not. She's gonna be the big villain in the next two movies, I guarantee it, because it's gonna right. have it's gonna have something to do with the events of Hobbs and Shaw. Because I'm pretty right. sure she was involved with that, because this movie took place after Hobbs and Shaw. But right, and then um, so team wins. Um, and then Dom's like Jacob, man, like I think like you know there's gonna be people after Jacob, like the I and out. And here, a buddy once gave me this 10 second car. So I figured it was fitting that Dom was the one that gave that I liked. 
that I mean, I thought that was fitting. And it's cause like, cause as like while they're filming, like we're work, trying to get cast, who's going to play Dom's brother. Dom always credits uh, Paul Walker in some way or form, helping him get John Cena to play Jacob. So in a sense, he always keeps saying Paul Walker helped him out for this. So it was, it was fitting that he gave him the 10 second car after, and then Mia hugged him like, don't forget about us. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, then we see the Tej and we also see uh, Roman up in space. And then they're near this Chinese Jap- Japanese uh, aircraft carrier and everything. And they wind up talking in their language and said, Oh, we see two people. They look like minions. And then, of course, it cuts into the whole entire barbecue thing once again. Thank you, Corona, for sponsoring Fast and the Furious yet again. <laughs> and so, basically, they wind up having a barbecue yet again. And then we wind up seeing little Brian, which I don't know where he was through this whole entire movie. Was he in his little box? Where was he? Who was watching him? Nobody knows. But... He just happens to be there, and he goes, do you want to tell everyone Grace? Yeah, but I don't know how. Well, it's easy. All you got to do is tell what's in your heart. They go over to the over to the table. We wind up playing catch-up with one of the other brothers who speak Spanish and everything, saying that his brother made his own restaurant and everything. We got into that whole entire thing. His brother can't cook more the crap, which happens in the fifth movie. And yeah. then, then after that, we see another scene where a blue car is coming in up the driveway. Yeah. Now, is that 100% true that Brian is back? O'Connor? I could. I think that's Brian's car. Please, for the love of God. They brought Mia back. I think it's only fitting. Okay. I mean, they did. Because I swear, if they get... CGI Paul Walker or anything that resembles Brian O'Connor, it is going to make me a rage because as soon as I saw that car, I'm like, please don't tell me what they're going to do. Please don't tell me that there's going to be some resemblance to Brian. Uh, Brian. Now, if Paul Walker's brothers want to play another role in this, I'm perfectly fine. And everything, I'm perfectly fine with one of the brothers or something like that happening. I'm perfectly fine with that. But I do not want to see the same character, Brian O'Connor, played by somebody else. Good, good. Let the rage fuel you. <laughs> Shut up. That's what you told me. But before that whole sequence, <laughs> it was nice to see, like when you see the three guys from Tokyo Drift reminiscing back with Hanway, they're like, no way. Like, and, like, and they're like, dude, how... I, how you're back and Han's like, it's a long story. And I'm pretty sure Han will tell them that, but it was really nice to see that mention, see Han back with the, with the three guys that were worked with Han and Tokyo drift. It was really cool to see that. And I also kind of liked the sequence with um, Letty talking to little Brian about his mom and talking about th- this is the first, this is the first location where I met your mom. And that was the end of fast six where, uh, where Elena showed up with Hobbs at, at, at the, uh, at the house Talking about that's how, um, and that's when Elena was like talking to like a lady's like, "Thank you for everything you've done for him," because and you go and and then Brian's like, "I'm not Brian." Letty's like, "I see, I see, mo- like I see parts of your mom in you, or whatever." Just to give little Brian like kind of like motivation that we're back to where 
this like this kind of all started how Letty met Elena and all that stuff. But I thought it was nice that they mentioned her and like that they haven't forgotten about her, which I think she was a pretty underrated character in the the fast like the like couple first couple Fast and Furious movies four uh, mm-hmm. five six and seven. Right. Um, but I mean, in eight. But I thought it was that was pretty cool. And then I think Mia was the one who's like because like like Dom's like we have an empty seat. Mia's like don't worry, um, he's on his way. And then you see the blue car. I think it's gonna be I personally think it's not going to be cgi brian because justin lynn will not do that because that was the last movie justin lynn did was fast and furious 6 he had nothing to do with fury 7 he had nothing to do with fate of the furious if anybody can get this right i think it's him because we all thought hey mia's not back mia had to come back because of the like because of jacob i could have a feeling that they're in some capacity brian will be back in some capacity i don't know what and honestly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to question it. I think they're going to do what they're going to do. People are going to bitch. People are going to moan. But it. It. It's. It, it, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I think they got to end the like. They got two more movies to end the, this franchise, and I think they got. They, they're probably. They probably kind of miss having like some capacity O'Connor in there. Um. But again, I'm not. Well, I'm not complaining about it. John, you want to complain about us? Go ahead. Rant away. I do not want to see Brian in this movie. He, we had a slideshow for crying out loud for Paul Walker and his memory for crying out loud. Why do we have to have Brian O'Connor again in some type of capacity and loses the emotional attachment to that character and loses everything that they gained with the Fast 7 franchise? Why on earth would they do that? That is the most stupidest, most ridiculous, stupid thing that I ever heard of. Oh, let's go in and put their blue car in there. Guess what? It may be Brian, but it may not be Brian. Let's go on and see if it really is. Who cares? Brian is retired. Leave him retired with his family because the fact that Paul Walker passed away during Fast 7 and we had that slideshow. Everybody cried. Everybody was emotional during that whole entire montage of that whole entire thing. And yet you're going to try and do this again. All the tears, everything that we did is now dried up. Same thing with Han coming back. There was no reason to bring Han back for this movie. Han's thing was actually forced in this film. That is all. There is no reason to have Paul Walker in some type of capacity in this movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you want a cookie now? <laughs> Shut it. I'm sorry. Is this is this my time to get revenge? Because you always you always force me to rant on stuff. I think it's I fitting now. Finally, this is what revenge. I was wanting to do in theaters, and I couldn't get a chance to do it. But. So, anyways, let's go to the cutscene. Okay, yeah, let's get to the (laughs) cutscene. Because guess guess what? If you people, if you everybody left the theater, shame on you. You missed a pretty big cutscene because you see, like, you see this, like, see one picker like doing it on the punching bag. Personally, from the looks of it, I thought it was the Tony Jaw character because they were reading people back from the dead from Furious Seven. Thought was him because he had the same kicks and style of him. And then they realized it's Deckard Shaw, Jason Statham's back. And and he's beat up a guy looking for a chip or something. I don't know what it was. And then the guy's like, "Hey, um, I don't know where it is. What you mean this chip?" And then he shows him the chip. And then there's a sudden knock on the door. And Stephen's like, Deckard is like, "What's going on?" And Hans shows up at the door. And that's that how I was fine do. with. To be honest with you, that sequence was fine. Him beat and putting that guy in the uh, 
bag and everything was fine. And beating them up that way, that was fine. I liked Hobbs and Shaw. I liked Hobbs and Shaw and the ridiculousness. I could believe yeah. the ridiculousness. They kind of crossed boundaries with Cyborg. Um, Black with Superman. The, right, with uh, Idris Elba. Cyborg uh, Idris Elba. But they did it in a way that was kind of realistic in a sense. And they explained that stuff. This one, I didn't really care that much for. I'd rather have another Hobbs and Shaw movie. But if they're going to have, uh, have Shaw back in this movie, I'm okay with that. I would go out and support this movie if and only if they don't put Paul Walker in some type of capacity in this film, in the next film. So, with that being said, what did you give this review for? Because I'm giving it a three. No, I know you would. <laughs> um, in my review I posted earlier on, like on Facebook, I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. I know you're looking at me like, what the hell is he smoking? <laughs> I like this one for what it was. I enjoyed the ridiculousness. I didn't, like I said, you guys loved the first few. I didn't give a shit about the first movie. 20 years later, it felt cartoony. I didn't care. I didn't, like, I, I liked this, enjoyed this. It was a ridiculous. Absolutely. It was ridiculous, but that's the whole point. Like, I mean, and then, and then, and like, they were just mindless fun. I had fun with this. They did, it did it what it needed to do. This is probably one of my favorite movies of this year. Is it, is it a lot better than Godzilla versus Khan? Hell yeah, it is. I hated that movie. That movie was too much human shit. I didn't care about that. There's there's more ridiculous action in this than there was the two two monsters fighting each other. The two monsters fighting each other is not even like it's like it's just a small like like a uh, hammer tech weapon on a on a bad guy from Iron Man. Pew! Just it just flies off. This one I like this one better than that. I like this one better than without remorse. There's a lot of movies that I hated this year that this movie was way better than. Outside the Wire, yes, so much better than that. So much better than Tom and Jerry. This movie's going to be so much better than Space Jam, A New Legacy. I could go on. There's a bunch of movies. I like this better. Is this going to be my favorite movie of the year? No, but it'll probably be in my top 10 because I haven't seen anything else that's worthwhile to be in my top 10. And then again, we've still got a lot left this summer. This movie entertained me, and that's the whole point of me doing my uh, doing our uh, honor event. Everyone's opinions are different, and that's fine. If you didn't like this right. movie, that's okay. That it, 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 I like this for what it was. That's why I gave it a high mark. Um, okay. Like again, this is gonna be my number one. No, I'm hoping that'd be the Matrix Four, right. but that's for another day. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It did what it needed to do. All right, so if you guys like the Fast and the Furious and everything, tell us below. If you didn't like it, tell us why not. Another thing, too, guys, is go on ahead, give us a like, give us a share. Don't forget to comment below, like I said before. Also, too, get an audio-only podcast of this show and many other episodes that we do here at Movie Love Tonight. If you guys want to donate to the page, how do you do that? You're just going ahead, head over down to gofundme.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast. To donate, maybe five to ten dollars. We can a simple like, a simple share goes a long way. Or you can rate us on Apple Podcasts as well, and also give us a review over there. That also helps out with our rankings and the audio podcast feed. Then, of course, if you go on ahead and head over to MovieLoversUnite.com for all your human needs and wants, that would be great. Then, of course, you can always go on ahead and visit us at Movie Lovers, Movie Lovers Unite on Facebook, underneath the same name, on Instagram and on Pinterest. And then you can also go on ahead and follow me on Twitter as well at Movie Lovers Unit and on Stereo because we do a couple of shows from time to time on Stereo. And then if you want a sponsor and you would like to reach out to us, just go ahead and email us here at Movie Lovers Unite at Movie Lovers Unite.com. Uh, 
movieloversunite at gmail.com. And that's everywhere that you guys can follow us at. Tomorrow night, we're not going to have a show or anything like that because this is technically supposed to be my vacation part. But with me going to see Fast 9, I wanted to go ahead, give you guys a little bit of content and everything. So with that being said, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. Can't wait to do this again. Thank you again, Charlie, for being on here as always. And always until next time, guys, have a good night, have a good day, and bye-bye. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs another thing too guys that's not all they have they also have they also have finish if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021 they have stuff for that too like finishing more books or becoming a better parent leader or a person how-to books which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.